Hi there, I'm Eileen Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries. Welcome to our podcast and YouTube channel where we talk about conquering codependency God's way. You know, for years, I was unaware of my codependency struggle because it flew right under the radar of my confused Christianity and controlling tendencies to find love. But when God brought an awareness and an unraveling of codependency that would open my arms to real intimacy with Him, everything changed. Now, I'm not a psychologist or a therapist. Don't expect an expert on this channel. I don't even have a seminary degree. But I am a woman that found freedom from codependency through God dependency. And now I'm passionate about sharing this with others. So join me as we discover truth, experience freedom, and live treasured. Gosh, I'm excited about today's lesson. I hope that you are just enjoying your new journey as you learn how to set boundaries God's way. You know, learning and growing is one of the things that I love about being a part of the treasured tribe. I don't really consider myself the leader of the treasure tribe. I see myself as walking alongside you, growing with you. I mean, I've never been a part of a ministry where I was not only pouring out, but being poured into. And I'm consistently learning from you. And I wanted to share with you a very cool lesson that I continue to keep at the forefront of my mind that I learned from Peyton Dean. One day when we were on a Zoom call together, and I highly recommend that you join us for those Zoom gatherings, Peyton started talking about how she was trying to teach her daughter about what she had control over and what she didn't have control over through something uh, that she called the circle of control. And as she began to explain this dynamic to her daughter, I felt like that I was learning something new too. She explained to her daughter that there are things that God has given us control over. And then there are things that we don't have control over. Things like how somebody else responds to us or how they're feeling or if another person likes us. And she told her daughter that we have to draw a circle and we have to put those things that we do have control of, like the way that we respond to people, for example, inside of the circle. And those things that we can't control, we have to put outside of the circle. And now, anytime I'm faced with feeling overwhelmed or like I don't know what to do, or when I am trying to discern how to set a boundary God's way, I always think about Peyton's lessons that I learned from the circle of control. She wrote an article for our Treasure Tribe magazine about this circle, and I want to read this quote from her. As a recovering codependent, I know all too well what energy can be spent on things totally outside my control and responsibility while neglecting what's directly in my power. 
I know God wants my heart to be free to worship Him instead of in bondage to useless strategies. Just because I care about it doesn't mean I'm supposed to care for it. Wow, I'm going to read that again. Just because I care about it doesn't mean I'm supposed to care for it. But sometimes that can feel downright confusing. That's why I like to visually define what's mine, what's not, and what I can give to my all-powerful God with a circle of control. God is serious about his children exercising their ordained rights and responsibilities led by the Holy Spirit while giving others permission to do the same. I want to talk to you today about a very important principle in boundary setting, and that is this, that boundaries are not meant to control others. As we can begin to set boundaries, we can mistake our right to protect ourselves with the right to control another person's behavior. Inside of our Nourish Scripture this week, as God began to further unpack His law, in other words, He gave those Ten Commandments, and then He was spelling things out uh, really more in, in detail. And the very first thing that He talks about is how an indentured servant must have the opportunity for freedom. Now, I'll never forget when I first read these passages in Exodus 21 because they had such a profound impact on me. I actually went out and got my ear double pierced. And that's because while God was talking about uh, a, a master and a servant, I saw my relationship with God. And I saw inside of this passage how he doesn't want me to serve him out of obligation. He wants me to serve him out of choice and out of love. Not even God, the all-powerful God that controls the waves, that tells the sun when to rise and set, he does not control me. And that's because he doesn't want a robot. He wants a relationship with me. He wants me to serve him because I love him. And real love always involves choice. But if the servant declares, I love my master and my wife and my children and do not want to go free, then his master must take him before the judges he shall take him to the door or the doorpost and pierce his ear with an awl. Then he will be his servant for life. Now, inside of the scripture, that was not a slavery situation. That was what 
could be referred to as an indentured servant. God gave provision to his people. For example, um, if somebody fell into debt or hard times, they could become somebody's servant. And in exchange for room and board, they could perhaps work on that person's land or help them with their crops. And so it was a means that God used for his people to provide a dignified way to have provision when hard times came. Now, in order to prevent the situation where a person was no longer free and this was the place that they had to live to for the rest of their life, God made it clear that this would be the situation for six years. But on the seventh, you must give them the choice to be free. Well, in similar fashion, you and I were under the law, right? Um, God's people were under the law until the time of Christ came. And then when the time of Christ came, now we had a choice. I now can choose to serve you, God, not to gain your forgiveness, for that is a gift from you for salvation. And we talked about that inside of our teaching message on the Ten Commandments. But now I can serve you out of choice and of love. And if you and I are made in God's image, when we are in relationship with other people, it is never a situation where we are trying to control, and that includes boundaries. And it can be very confusing, can't it? I mean, I think for many uh, years, I had the right motive of wanting to protect myself, but the way that I went about it uh, was controlling in nature. And you don't wanna get into that trap anyway, because when you set boundaries that are controlling in nature, now you're under the person's control of whether or not they keep the boundaries rather than under the protection of you offering that choice and being able to surrender to God so that both parties can live in freedom. In God's kingdom, we cannot take hold of our rights like we talked about last week without giving others their rights. You know, freedom from codependency or any dependency, it is like a breath of fresh air. I mean, it is awesome. But that awesomeness also carries a challenge and a responsibility because we also must extend that freedom to others. And extending that freedom to others doesn't mean that we're a doormat again or we let others walk all over us again. What it does mean is that we're wise in how we set boundaries God's way. Kingdom boundary violations are efforts to control others outside of God's design. And when we try to control others, this always flies in direct conflict with the Holy Spirit. Here are some things that are not our rights 
as Christians. It's not our right to change how another person thinks, feels, or acts. It's not our right to make somebody else become who we think they should be. It's not our right to not allow an unhealthy person to make unhealthy choices. That is so hard. It can be so frustrating when you're trying so hard to help somebody and they won't receive your help. But perhaps part of that frustration is because it's God's will that they have the freedom to make their own choices. You must give people the right to make their decisions, even if those decisions do not line up with yours. You know, when we recover from codependency, and I'm a firm believer that everybody's got a little bit of codependency in them. I mean, if codependency is a lack of God dependency, aren't all Christians struggling with that, wrestling that a little bit on a daily basis? But when we're recovering from codependency, it means redirecting our energy away from carrying loads that were never ours to hold and to focus on our kingdom responsibilities. It also means resisting the temptation to take on somebody else's work and to rest in the work that God has for you. God dependency requires that shift, redirecting our efforts away from trying to control others to self-control under the surrender of the Holy Spirit. Rightly dividing kingdom responsibilities provides wisdom for protective boundaries that provide choice. And you know what? Peyton's circle is so good for that. I like to visualize it in my head whenever I'm wrestling over how to set a boundary or if this is something that I should worry about. I like to just stop and draw ahead in my circle and say, God, help me rightly divide my kingdom responsibilities. What is your role? What is my role? And what role have you left for others? I'm going to give you some examples of this just so you can see what I'm talking about. And to say that we could have a video and I could give you every single thing, and if you follow this checklist, you're going to be okie-dokie. You know that never flies inside of Treasured Ministries because really it's all about being led by the Spirit. But I share these with you to help you see that there truly are boundaries. And sometimes if you and I are carrying a load that is not ours to carry, it doesn't line up with God's way to set boundaries. 
The first thing that I want to talk to you about is emotions, emotions. Now, I am responsible for my own emotions. And in saying that, I cannot say that other people made me feel a certain way. I'm responsible for my own feelings. Now, others are also responsible for how they feel, um, and I can reasonably expect that other people can own their responsibility for their feelings, and they should not make me responsible for them. And then God's role in responsibility. God is a source of truth, and He is always there to help me process my emotions, especially the heavy ones, to find out my thoughts behind those feelings so that I can walk in truth. You know, it's our thinking that will change our feelings. The next thing is our ideas, our beliefs, and our wants. You know what? God is responsible he is the source of truth. I can go to God as my source to truth, and I can take my beliefs, my will, what I want to do, my desires, and I can surrender them to Him so that they align with His will. And when I know those things, you know, I can offer my beliefs, my ideas to other people, and they might not necessarily line up with what everybody says. And you know what? I am responsible for not compromising on the truth that I know. And others, others are also responsible, and they have the right to believe whatever they want to believe. You know, I think sometimes uh, I can look at my past and see where um, I didn't have that confidence in what I believed. And so if somebody else expressed an opinion that was different from mine, well, I just thought it was my responsibility to make them see what I wanted to see instead of respecting their opinion, but saying, I respect what you say, but I believe something different. And right now, inside of our world, where there's so much information, aren't you blessed to be a child of God, where we can go to Him for the sole source of truth? What about identity? You know what? I'm responsible for finding my identity in the Lord. And I don't look to another person to complete me. I find my identity in the Lord alone. And you know why? Because God is responsible for giving me my identity. He is my soulmate. He's my source of identity. And I can respect other people. And other people should not lean on me. I should not lean on them. I like to say that interdependence means I do not lose my identity inside of community. We never want to surrender the pen of God's purpose for us over to another person. We don't give them that right. And we don't take that right from others by trying to control and to tell them who they are. We point them back to God because just like us, that's who we find out 
we are. What about growth, change, and sanctification? The Bible tells us that God is not only the author of our salvation, but he gives us through the Holy Spirit the power for sanctification. Now this happens when I take responsibility to listen to God and to surrender to him one day at a time, one step at a time. And I own that. God's never going to force me to follow him, right? And you know what? I can also not be responsible for other people to change. I can look at my father, my heavenly father, and see how he interacts and he's patient with people. He never forces them to follow. We are not God's junior Holy Spirit. Pharisees made a career out of trying to change other people and forcing their ideas and beliefs on other people when the Bible is clear that the fruit of the Spirit is self-control, not others' control. And I'm a firm believer that you can be around somebody and they can quote 50 million verses at you and it can intimidate you and they might even seem really godly. But if they're all about changing you without taking a look inside of themselves. It's not biblical. And oftentimes, Pharisees are hiding behind this because instead of coming before God to change themselves, <laughs> they look around at others and point out faults in others so that they can feel morally superior. What about love? God loves me perfectly and unconditionally, and my deepest needs for intimacy are met in the Lord. And I can love others through God's power. It won't be perfect. I can't be God, but I can do it. And in the same breath, I must realize that people are not God as well, and that people love us with the capacity that they have. And right now, you may be in a relationship with somebody that didn't have the capacity to love you. And when that happens, it's wise to have those reasonable expectations to not hang your hat on that person and to make them your God. Only God can love us perfectly. You know, there's not a right checklist or an exhaustive way to go through every scenario. But the good news is, is that God is always right there with you to help you process and help you understand what needs to go in the circle and outside of the circle. Because when you set a boundary, it's not that protecting yourself is incorrect. You just must protect yourself God's way. And in order not to confuse protecting yourself with trying to control others, we need to seek God's 
counsel to do it his way. So the first step of that that I want to give to you is that, number one, we must process in the presence of God. We must seek the Lord for his strategy. We must pray, go before the Lord and say, God, what is the kingdom role here for myself, for others, and for you? And then we must own our own responsibility. We must carry our own load. I cannot tell you how many times now that I have this circle imagery that I've gone before the Lord and God has shown me, yes, I see where you were hurt in this, but Aline, that was your load to carry. If somebody said something about you, it is your load to find your identity in me. Yes, I know that that hurts you, but find your identity in me. The next thing is to give others choice. Release others in your heart by setting realistic expectations. Once you have that circle, um, even though others have the responsibility, it doesn't mean that they too are going to surrender their hearts to God and to do the right thing. And one of the ways that is very powerful me in doing this is that there is no person that can be God. So release that person by setting realistic expectations. In other words, you must own your responsibility, and you must release others to do the same. The next thing is to trust God completely. Now, this is the part that I love because if I'm looking for protection or let's say there's been an injustice in my life and God, I want redemption. Well, what if that person doesn't come through? God will always come through. You will not always come through. The other person will not always come through, but God is perfect and he will always come through. We are not in charge of the outcome or timetable. And that's important to remember. I think for many years, I would get hung up on this because I would have uh, expectations, not necessarily in God, although I thought they were, but I was looking at a promise and then wondering why it didn't happen at a certain time. I mean, you know, just think about Abraham. All those years, he received that promise from God. All those years that he had to wait for Isaac. You know what? In between the time a promise is given and we see the promise become fulfilled, there is what I call inside of the treasure tribe, that holy pause. And inside that holy pause, I encourage you to find a promise in the word of God that you can tether your soul to that word while you wait. And if you've experienced injustice and somebody hasn't come through, it's okay because God will always come through. And who would you rather be the source of your provision? The God of the universe? 
that, that owns and created everything or a person that has limited capacity to give and to love. Trust God completely. The next thing is to create a visual reminder. Um, and I highly recommend, I love Peyton's circle of control. And I do it in my head. Uh, Peyton, in her article that she wrote for us in the magazine, she likes to actually draw it out. And so depending upon your learning style, um, think about that circle. And put inside the circle what is yours to carry. Outside of the circle what is not yours to carry. And then whatever God should carry, you release that to him in prayer. It goes inside, goes outside, or it goes up in prayer. The next thing is to collaborate inside trusted biblical community. Now you'll notice that I put this last. And that's because as codependents, we want to get on the phone and call a person first. But you know what we say in Treasure Tribe, and I did not make up this saying, but don't go to the phone, go to the throne of God. However, part of hearing from God is that collaboration that happens inside of community. And I'm going to tell you something, those Zoom calls, you don't need to miss out on those on uh, that we have during the week because inside of that time together, there's a collaboration that happens. And, and the other thing that I see as, as somebody else is processing, sometimes inside of the treasure tribe, just like when Peyton shared her circle story, it's like God holds up a mirror back in my life and I can see things more clearly. And there's something about that collaboration with God first and others second that brings clarity to what goes inside and outside of the circle. And the last thing is that you must let go. You must let go. Inside our Nourish Scripture this week, uh, you read the story of the prodigal son. What a blessing to go back to that over and over and over again. And a few things that I want you to see about that story. The father of the prodigal son let him go. You know what else I see about that father? Is that he did not get identity out of his child doing what he wanted him to do. He let his son go. The other thing that I see is that he didn't rush after it to fix it. Now, I want to talk eyeball to eyeball with all my codependents out there. You know, our addiction, it was that love, that acceptance. And when we're not feeling it, right? When, when somebody else has made a choice, we can shoulder that responsibility and it's like we're just itching to reach out there and fix it. But in courageous love, he let go. The other thing that the father did that is paramount is that he did not shame him, right? He did not say, well, if you want this money, you 
take it and I'll see you later, you ungrateful child. No. He let the child go. And that's because shame is not one of God's tools. And then finally, he let the son choose to come back. Sometimes we have to let people go and respect their no before they can truly say yes. Boundaries are biblical, but must be done God's way. Releasing others allows them to rise up to their full potential, and boundaries are a part of this process. Rightly dividing kingdom responsibilities provides that wisdom for not only protective boundaries, but protective boundaries God's way that provide choice. What are you frustrated over? Because you can't fix it. Would you release what is outside of your circle and release up your expectations on God in a heart cry of prayer? <laughs>